Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. All right. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard another great episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am your host, John Schofield. Joining me is Bill Wagner of the Capital Gazette Newspapers and Baltimore Sun. And Chris Cervello, class of 99, is our producer. We have started the dark ages. Classes have been in session for about a week and a half. Basketball is back in the swing. Squash, tennis, wrestling, uh, basketball, obviously, swim and dive, a lot of teams back in action as we jump into the winter and spring sports seasons. Uh, a lot to do. We're down in the Star Series. Uh, basketball has been struggling. But first of all, Wags, let's start with some good news. Uh, just this past weekend, I was at Alumni Hall. Again, hats off to Joe Cook, Chuck Gladchuck, and the rest of the athletics department for an amazing ceremony for Jade Geif. Uh, number 21, um, yeah, recognized in the rafters, only the third person to have their number recognized. Ironically, only two numbers are retired because Courtney Davidson and Jade Geif wore number 21. It's sort of how I felt like when they allowed Jalen Smith to wear Grievous Vasquez's 21 at the University of Maryland. It just didn't sit right. But still, number 21 in the rafters for Jade Geif and Wags. You covered women's basketball and you covered Jade uh, during a real golden era of women's basketball. She is a plebe sophomore and junior led Navy basketball to three state NC three straight NCAA tournament berths. Uh, Chuck Gladchuck said it very appropriately during her ceremony. When things went bad, when the stuff hit the fan, the idea and the solution was to get it inside to 21. And when you got it inside 21, she delivered a really big shout out to Alex Membrano, who gave the, uh, you know, the kind of introductory speech recognizing Jade Geif. And she kind of brought the house down when she noted Jade Geif's career three point percentage of 0 for 1. But when you're that good from inside, Wags, why would you shoot from outside? What were your thoughts on what I thought was a really, really deserving honor? Well, I did cover those teams. What an incredible time. You mentioned it, just a golden era. That you know, Stephanie Pemper, the coach at the time, hit lightning in a bottle with just a group of players that meshed perfectly. She brought in a recruiting class that featured a player that was perfect for their position, and they just had incredible chemistry. You know, Jade Geif was the center. Alex Membrano was the wing, very athletic wing who could do it all. Audrey Bauer was just a really solid forward who, you know, kind of unsung hero. Kara, Kara Pollinger was a tremendous point guard it was just the, the the team came together so well and as you mentioned three patriot league championships uh, earned automatic bids to the ncaa tournament i'll never forget going up to st john's university and watching navy take a kentucky team that was just you know full of future wmba players to the limit i mean they were that good and jade was the cornerstone you know, it, it all started with her. They got the ball inside and she would either, you know, do a post move or kick it out for a three. She really was the cornerstone. When she graduated, she had the school record for points with 1,501. She also grabbed 1,033 rebounds. There's only two other basketball players in Navy history with over 1,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Their names are David Robinson and Vernon Butler. So that kind of shows you what, Jade Geif accomplished. She was a, a multiple, multi-time Patriot League most valuable player. Um, she was a Patriot League tournament MVP. She was a Patriot League Rookie of the Year. Uh, she earned the Admiral Lawrence Sword for Women as the top senior athlete in the graduating class of 2014. I mean, I, I could go on and on. And let's not forget that she was a Marine Corps officer and uh, was stationed at Gopher Air Station and Paris Island Recruit Depot. 
she's now a civilian living in South Carolina. And I sold her husband and child was there with her. And I'm so glad that her former teammates were on hand. And I saw that you posted from the, uh, what, what is the uh, room the, that they hold the events in at Alumni Hall? Bo Coppage. Yeah, if you posted from the cottage room and it looked great, they had nice setup with little mini basketballs and everything. It, uh, I'm really, really happy they did it right for Jade Guyf, and she absolutely deserves to be up there with Becky Dowling and Courtney Davidson among the Navy greats. Um, yeah, really cool, John. She was just so nice, and we're going to try to get Jade on. She now works with a pretty cool company. She was explaining it to me called Tactical Baby Gear. Uh, and we'll get all of our listeners the information on that. But again, like I said, when I was the PAO at the Naval Academy, you don't have to be an admiral to go out there and be impactful in the community, to, to live the mission of the Naval Academy of service. And, and we all find our different ways. And, uh, and Jade Geif is doing it. I could not have been more impressed with my conversation with her and the way that she inspired that team and WAGS. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. They were 0 for 16. You retire Jade Geif, and they go out and they trounce Loyola by 20. Uh, maybe a little bit of the passing of the torch because Plebe Marin Loritas went off in that game. 24 points. She looked great. I've been talking to Ashley Pelzik a lot about Marin Loritas and how she could be the face of this program going forward. She was very, very impressive. Unfortunately for women's basketball, the one-game losing streak was short-lived as they went back up to BU. But Wags, you know, we knew at the beginning when uh, the freshman point guard got hurt that this was going to be a struggle for Tim Taylor. As I talked to him before the Loyola game and before Jade's ceremony, he was wearing the stress of it. I mean, this has been a hard year. No one likes going over. They're not going over anymore. But what are your thoughts on how they kind of complete this season with some positivity? Well, first of all, there is no doubt that all of the pomp and circumstance surrounding the Jade Guy retirement ceremony inspired the current women's basketball players because they said so after the game. They said that, you know, they it just really was inspiring to them. And seeing uh, really hearing about the great teams of the past. And I think there is some parallel that this freshman class that that Tim Taylor has brought in. He, I think he believes this is the class that will turn around Navy women's basketball. Um, I mean, you mentioned Marin, but you know, there's a, a group of other freshmen, Shannon Clark. I mean, uh, Gia Passat, uh, Bianca Coleman, you know, Tony Papaveronis, who is injured, as you mentioned, Morgan Demos. I mean, he's got this very large Kate Sampson, the big, I can't forget her. So I think he feels he's got a group of freshmen that are, are capable of turning this program around. Right now, they're going through a hard time. Uh, they're just so young and inexperienced, and it's, it's tough when you get into this stage. you you, you got to learn how to win, and I was hopeful that what happened against Loyola would be a way to kind of jumpstart a little bit of a winning streak. But unfortunately, as you mentioned, it, it was short-lived. Though another team that was struggling, in fact, was on a five-game losing streak um, was men's basketball. And Wags, you and I had the benefit of sitting there last night and watching another basketball team kind of break out of a slump and get a 20-point win. Well, in this case, it was more of an 18-point win. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. It was ugly. 63-45 um, to 45 win over BU Alumni Hall in front of a sparse crowd, kind of that tough midweek crowd Annapolis was a total show yesterday with the inauguration of Westmore. Congrats to Westmore and Aruna Miller for uh, assuming the governorship and, and lieutenant governorship at, uh, in Maryland, by the way. But Wags, what were your impressions last night? For me, I was really impressed. I had called out Patrick Dorsey all year. I don't know if he's struggling to come back from the injury or not. But for me, I, I really thought that the 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 senior leadership, or at least the more seasoned leadership, came through last night to erase a five-game losing streak and get men's basketball back in their winning ways. Well, there's no doubt that Patrick Dorsey was a key to that, a big change that has occurred as he's moved into the starting lineup uh, for 16 games or whatever it was. He kind of came off the bench as kind of the sixth man, and I thought all along he should have been in the starting lineup. There's no doubt he's one of Navy's best players. Um, he moved into the starting lineup up at Loyola, a game that Navy really should have won. 
Navy was up uh, 17 at that in that game at one point, let it slip away. And Loyola, Jalen Andrews scored at the very end to give Loyola kind of stole a victory. The only time Loyola led in that game up at Reeds Arena was at the end. So uh, that was a, a one that Navy let get away. But defense was the story on Wednesday night at Alumni Hall, John. They really put the lockdown on Boston University. And Walter White, who I, I think he enrolled at Boston in 1998. He, he was originally in my Villanova graduating class in 1996. I mean, he, he's got to be 40 years old. John's been sitting next to me at press row, and he's like, Walter White? Has he been at Boston for seven years? And I turned and I said, yes, he actually has. He yeah. graduated high school with Cam Davis. who's about to get his graduate degree. So, uh, but Walter White is their guy. And he, uh, he was limited to two for 10 shooting. Great job by a variety of players defending him. And what Ed DeCellis said is they really hedged hard on screens and they kept Boston on the perimeter, didn't let him into the paint, didn't let him drive the ball. It was a great defensive effort. Patrick Dorsey had three steals. Navy uh, forced Boston into a season-high 23 turnovers. And, you know, you hold a team to 45 points. I mean, wow. That, you're, that's, that's just tremendous. And Ed Dutellis said after the game, that, that was Navy defense. He's not been pleased with the defensive effort. He pointed out that uh, Navy finished last season ranked seventh nationally in scoring defense, they held opponents to something like 64 points a game. Well, going into the Boston game on Wednesday night, Navy ranked eighth in the Patriot League and somewhere around 215th nationally in scoring defense, giving up well over 70. That's just not Navy basketball. You're not going to win if teams are scoring in the 70s. So that's the key. The offense is still a little disjointed. Uh, Yoder had 14 points. I think Deaver finished with 13. Uh, Dorsey had 11. But uh, – Still need to get it, pick it up on the offensive end because, you know, guess who's on the uh, looming on the horizon Saturday? Army up at Crystal Arena in West Point. I know how much you loved having to go to the Army. Mm. Your, your one year at, at West Point. Yeah, it's so nice up there. Uh, who, wouldn't, who wouldn't love it? And yeah, they've got to go up there. And I don't know if it was good or bad for Navy last night, but Army dropped one. Scott Strassmeyer and I were watching a little bit of the game before we tipped against BU army dropped a really shocking one to, to bottom feeder Bucknell last night. Don't know if that's good or bad for us. Both the men's and women's teams make the trip um, up there um, this weekend. It's not for the star though. Circle on your calendar, ladies and gentlemen, 11 February at home. That's when men's and women's basketball welcome in army for the double header on CBS sports to get the star, but good luck to them this weekend. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's enough about basketball. We'll break down a little bit more of the sports in the out. For now, let's go to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Jeff Johnson and Don Hughes of the Athletic and Scholarship Programs as part of the Naval Academy Foundation. We'll bring in Chris Cervello to talk about his experience with that. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Navy Wrestling hits the mat this Saturday with a huge matchup against Lehigh at 7 p.m. at Alumni Hall. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Navy Women's Basketball returns to Alumni Hall next Wednesday, January 25th for a 7 p.m. matchup with Bucknell. The first 150 fans will receive a free Navy rubber duck. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. And finally, mark your calendars for Saturday, January 28th as the Navy men's basketball team hosts Kids Day. Activities include post-game autographs with the men's basketball team, a face painter and tattoo artist. As well, the first 200 fans will receive a free Naval Academy puzzle. To get those tickets for all three events, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is time for our alumni segment. And really, this is double tapping as an alumni and a staff segment. We talked to Jeff Webb last week. We've been talking to the Alumni Association during the fall season and we'll continue to do it during the winter and spring seasons. But in our effort to bring you more information about what the Alumni Association and Foundation programs are doing, 
We're really happy to welcome in Jeff Johnson and Don Hughes of the Athletic and Scholarship Programs um, for the Naval Academy Foundation. Uh, number one, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. And I'll kick it over to you, Jeff, uh, first of all, because we don't talk to suppos on the show. You know, we kind of <laughs> try to put them into the back of the bus. Uh, but, you know, we, you've never been on the show. If you can introduce us, I know you were 79, a little bit of a two-sport athlete, maybe a little bit of success in that arena. But introduce our listeners to who you are and what you're doing for the foundation. Well, thanks, John and, and Wags, for having us on. appreciate what you guys are doing and uh, your tremendous success with this, uh, with uh, Sing Second. Much appreciated. So, uh, yeah, I uh, graduated in 1979 uh, and had the opportunity to... Uh, uh, to play both soccer and lacrosse here. Um, and then after uh, graduating, uh, went into the surface line community uh, up in, uh, you know, was it stationed out in Pensacola and then up in Newport and then came back to Annapolis and was actually stationed across the river there at, at the uh, David Taylor Research Center at the time. So did a little bit of R&D. Uh, and uh, while there, I also picked up a little uh, uh, master's degree from Hopkins, which was a tough thing for me to to, to state since we had such history playing against Hopkins, uh, but you got that anyway. So I don't, I don't tell people that a whole lot, but anyway, uh, so, so <laughs> we'll, we'll make that. sure that Jen and, Baker, um, the athletic director at Hopkins knows that, that you were, that you were down talking, uh, down talking the program. She's a 98 grad. She'll bring it back to you. No, no, I, I <laughs> no, really, I highly respect uh, everybody that I played against at Johns Hopkins. It was always, you know, it's always so much better to play against the best competition in the sport. And, you know, being able to play against the Maryland's and the Hopkins and the Virginia's back in the day and the Cornell's, of course, uh, was was a real was was exciting uh, you, as an athlete. You just don't want to, uh, you know, pass that one by. Um, so then uh, then after uh, uh, six and a half years uh, wearing the uniform, I, I uh, started in, in defense contracting and, and uh, doing some other businesses and most recently. Uh, was uh, the owner of uh, Argo Systems, which we provided engineering construction services for mission critical around the world. Uh, and the last uh, duty or job that I did was uh, working on the uh, on the Twilliger uh, Center uh, on the uh, all the outfitting and and finishing that that project out. And we're looking to do a live pod in the Twilliger Center here in the spring. And what an amazing accomplishment that was. You and I had coffee, and that was really one of the last things I did as an active duty naval officer as the PAO there is look at the plans as the Twilliger Center was first laid out. Um, I'll never forget sitting in that conference room with Chuck Gladchuck and thinking what an amazing way to attract recruits. Like the University of Maryland is doing it with the new Cole Fieldhouse, which I don't even have the words to describe what's going on down there, but to have something like that, um, you know, at Navy, I know that we're going to try to do something more with lacrosse going forward and all of the athletics programs. What you guys do is so important. Don, over to you. You know, it, I, I, I denigrate the supply core just for fun, but you know, you, you're walking in great footsteps, the, the Doug Borabacks and Phil Allison's of the past there. And then replacing someone like Easy Ed Wallace, you know, I used to call him the Andy Reid mustache, uh, just because <laughs> it's like an absolute institution as a mustache. But you know, not a lot of people really knew, you know, what was going on there and and the benefits of the ANSP program and what it did for athletes. A lot of people just think, ah, eh, ship them up to Naps, they'll be cold up in Newport for a year, and then they'll come down to the Naval Academy and they'll participate. Uh, you know, in one of the uh, in one of the D1 sports or in the uh, physical mission, but it goes a lot deeper than that. You know, if, if you could explain a little bit for the listeners, you know, what your service selection path and career paths were, and then a little bit more of what you're doing at ANSP. Thanks very much, John. And, and I'll echo what Jeff said, you know, our appreciation to both you, Wags, Chris, the whole Sing Second sports team. Uh, it, it's fantastic to have a vehicle that, that talks about our sports. And I, I love listening to it. And I love the content when you have uh, Keenan and uh, um, uh, Eric on. Just no, no one likes to. Katani. It's fine to forget his name. It's fine. <laughs> well, he's, he's a young man, but he is one of our trustees, our athletic scholarship program trustees. So he is a good man. And uh, I think he played for the my team. I, I, I'm not allowed to say their name anywhere. The team formerly known as Washington um, for a period of time. But before yeah. I get started with me, I, I do want to, I know Jeff is too humble to say this and brag on himself, 
But Jeff is a big part of our organization. He runs our policy review committee. But when he was playing at Navy, he was an All-American in both soccer and lacrosse. And I don't know how many people can say that, but he would never say it. But it's pretty impressive, uh, to say the least. Um, and I appreciate what he does with us in our organization. Um, so with that started, yeah, I, as I said, I'm Don Hughes. I'm class of 88. I played football all four years. I, I did go to NAP. I went to NAPS. Uh, and uh, unlike Jeff being an All-American, I was a preseason, pregame All-American. So my mom is still a little bit upset with uh, Tim Brown for winning the Heisman over me. You were the, you were the Heisman winner of O-Reps, though. I'll take that. I went Supply Corps right out. Much like everyone else, Top Gun was the big movie when I was here, and uh, I was going to be a pilot. I was going to fly. And the uh, medical community had something different for me, and uh, I went Supply Corps right out of the academy. And uh was going to do five years. Came back to the Naval Academy, coached 150s, and uh, I worked for a guy named Steve Fabry, uh, coming out with John Padgett, who was also one of our trustees. Is one of our trustees, and they talked me into staying in. So, and I stayed for 30 years. And as you know, John, I finished my career at the Naval Academy of Suffolk behind Doug Warbach. You know, obviously, big shoes to fill. I took his house, his collateral duty, um, his job. So, I, I, I had it all. And uh, we had some great teams then. We had one of the 11 and two years with Keenan, and uh, it was just so much fun. You know, and, and you talked about. And I'll get to the ANSP stuff, but you talked about what sports does for us. And and all those things that we talk about, it, for me, it's teamwork. You know, I, I feel like my, I was successful in my career, not because I was the smartest guy in the room, never accused of that, but I was a good teammate and I did my work, you know, and, and you know, you've heard Coach Penn talk about it. You've heard Bill Belichick talk about it, you know, responsibility, you know, take care of your position. And all the other things to take care of themselves, accountability. Um, and of course, that never say die attitude. We didn't have a great record, but I'll say we never lost. We just ran out of time. So, and I was on, I was a plebe on that team when we beat South Carolina and when uh, they were number two in the nation. So, pretty cool for me. Um, so, as far as what we do with the athletic and scholarship program, and I do appreciate you having us on because I don't think people know who we are. When we say foundation, they say, oh, you, go to, you went to NAP. Well, I did go to NAP, but our foundation schools through the Athletic and Scholarship Program, we have 16 schools, and that's our primary mission since 1944. That's when we started. And uh, I don't know if we have time for the whole history, but I, I, I can spout the history of, of how we got started. We were a football program, right, with Rip Miller. Rip Miller and Piggy Jones. Piggy Jones, the class of 1919. Uh, so they were senior officers now, and old Rip Miller came from Notre Dame. He was one of the seven mules blocking for the four horsemen. And I say that to the kids and their families when I'm, you know, telling them about our program, and they look at me like I have horns. Well, it's, I, I it's, know that Chris Cervello was was a product of one of those programs. The yeah, in 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 the end, you know, if, if you had to summarize like a a quick mission you know what what is the benefit what is the overall idea behind this you know other than support for the naval academy and the physical mission the proof is in the pudding with so many athletes but but in the end how would you summarize your mission so that the listeners out there you know have a better understanding of what's going on because it's so critical yeah it's it's one of those things where we're very similar to NAPS right NAPS you enlist in the navy and they pay you to go there. Um, our program, though, is part of the prep pool. You know, when they go through the admissions process, every one of our students, just like NAPS, has applied to the Naval Academy and maybe didn't get in directly, get an appointment directly. They've been kicked to the prep pool. And there's some magic that admissions does that says this person's going to go to NAPS, this person's going to go to the foundation. And, uh, and it allows these young men and women an opportunity to achieve their dream or goal of getting to the Naval Academy. And many of these kids are triple qualified. They've done everything they're supposed to, but they might not have gotten a nomination because they're in a tough district. They live in Annapolis. They live in Virginia Beach. They live in Florida. There's a, a big, a high concentration of, of Navy personnel that 
take up a lot of those noms. So there's an opportunity for others who don't get directly into the Naval Academy. And, and I think uh, Bruce Lotta would tell you, maybe a third, maybe more of our Naval Academy classes that come in each year, a third of them have gone through some kind of prep, either through us, NAPS, or their own college. And uh, we give them that opportunity. And when they come into the foundation and the athletic and scholarship program as a scholarship awardee, we give need-based scholarships to those young men and women. So each one of them has a, has a skin in the game. They're going to have to pay some money because every one of our prep schools, you know, we have 16 prep schools, four of them are military, and the other 12 are primarily on the East Coast uh, and north Northeast. And they are expensive. We call them little ivies because they cost a lot of money. And many of the students there come from affluent backgrounds and are going to attend Ivy League schools. And we've, we've established these relationships with these schools over a long time. Ed Wallace, um, his, his predecessor, uh, Bill Flight, uh, all these, they've established these relationships and we've just kept them going. And it's a win-win for all of our schools and certainly for our students and the families that sent them through us. And, you know, there's some apprehension each time we sign up a, a student admissions will say, hey, you didn't get an appointment, but we're going to offer you Naval Academy Foundation uh, and an athletic and scholarship program trustee or scholarship. And then I, I talk to the family and some are excited, many are apprehensive and some are upset that they didn't get directly in. But I think once they go through it, they realize it's a blessing in disguise to be able to, to have that extra year to mature and you know morally, mentally, and physically. We put them through the ringer academically. Um, they're taking calculus, chemistry, physics, English, you know, and then whatever elective their school requires of them. But at the end of the day, um, each one of those students is so much better prepared for the academic rigors of plebe year. We're not guaranteeing their, their guaranteed academic success all four years. They got to put the work in too. But this year allows them to develop their study habits, to, to prioritize and manage their time wisely, which as a young man, you know, I know I didn't have those things. It took me a while, but having that extra time to develop, you know, helped me be successful at Navy. And even though I went to a few act boards at, at NAPS, I didn't go to any at Navy. So I'm pretty proud of myself for doing that. And, uh, and our program, you know, as I said, we've got two missions, John, and I want to make sure I don't short sell the other one. Our support to the scholarship program is, like I said, a need-based scholarship. And we we have a pretty hefty amount of scholarship money available for our students. And uh, and our schools also give a lot of money. Like I said, this, this it's a win-win program. That's one half of what I and my staff do, Tracy Cook and Mariola Baker. Um, but the other half of it is we support USNA's physical mission. And I know Jeff will talk about it a little more because, uh, like I said, he lives, you know, we talk about our trustees, we have 250 of us, plus 88 or so uh, emeritus trustees, and all these men and women give generously, not only of their treasure, time and talent. Like I said, Jeff is here frequently um, as he runs our policy review committee, and we have others like that who just believe in Navy, love Navy sports, and want to help um, develop these young men and women. We have you know, I'll go back to our scholarship program. We have a mentoring program that Admiral Ed Straw started, I don't know, four, three or four years ago. And now Admiral Tim Keating is the head, he's the chair for our prep advisory program. Um, so we we work hard to help our students. No, and and that hard work makes a difference. And that's why we're that's why we're featuring it here on the pod. Wags, go ahead. I know you've got um, a bunch of questions. Well, I do. I mean, I I know of athletes both largely football and lacrosse, but I know there are athletes in every sport that go to the Naval Academy prep school. I'm curious about the other foundation schools. I know Roger Stallback way back in the day went to like New Mexico military sure. Academy or something before coming to the Navy Naval Academy. And then uh, Nate Frazier is the only recent football player that I can remember that went to a foundation school. I think he went to Wyoming seminary or something of that nature but maybe talk about some of the other foundation schools and how many Navy athletes uh, actually go to 
a school, a prep school that is not the Naval Academy prep school? Yeah, Wags, great question. And, and we do. We have a lot of those folks. And I, I'll start it by saying, you know, NAPS maybe has 10 or 11 sports that they cover up in Rhode Island in Newport. And of course, as you mentioned, uh, football and basketball, if you don't get direct, that's where our recruits are going. And uh, it works out great. As you mentioned, we've had a number of kids go to Wyoming Seminary. Um, but since I've been here, we haven't had any football players, any lacrosse players. But the great thing about our foundation schools, our 16 schools cover all, well, I'll say 33 of the 35 current sports. Um, we had, you know, we've got a school for gymnastics, we've got a school for everything, uh, water polo, you know, they all go to Hill. Uh, we've got baseball, we've got basketball. We've got every sport there is that Navy has, we have uh, a school that they can go to um, now. The caveat there is with the addition of rugby, um, none of our prep schools have rugby. So that's that's been a challenge. We got our first rugby recruit this year, um, official rugby recruit, and he's going to go to the Hill School and play in a town out in or a league out in town. So it just works that way. And, it, you know, the schools we have for sports, you, know, you mentioned Roger Salbach, the New Mexico Military Institute. They have a longstanding program with them. Um the Hill School, Mercersburg, we have basketball and swim, or not, we have baseball and swimming that go there, Salisbury, um, we've got lacrosse, we've got uh, baseball, so, um, and then we've got crew, crew at a number of schools, Salisbury has some, Kent is our big crew school, um, and then we just have, you know, Kiski, we had, we have students that go there that play basketball, football, baseball, anything and everything. So almost every one of our schools, Wyoming Seminary, um, not in Wyoming, not not a seminary. That was Ed Wallace's old joke, and I shamelessly uh, steal that from him. Um, but yeah, so the opportunity for these kids to play, and, and of our kids that go, we may get 50 kids a year, Bill, and uh, maybe 12 are recruited athletes that Navy sends us. And then once we do that, I talk to the coaches. I talk to Coach O'Donohue. I talk to Coach Kosky. <clears throat> I talk to, you know, John Morrison, uh, Bill Roberts. Um, I've talked to Cindy Tempson and her staff. You know, we've got the Blair School. We've sent a number of female uh, lacrosse players up there. So we have schools everywhere that that we can get our students to. And, uh, and they don't lose any eligibility. It's kind of like going to NAP unless they go to one of the military prep schools. They are considered junior colleges, so therefore they lose a year of eligibility. Roger Staubach lost a year of eligibility, but back then, Cleves couldn't play on the football team, so it all worked. But I, uh, does that answer that, Wag? Yes, well, and I'll ask the next question, because obviously you all do fundraising. That's a major element of this. I'm going to guess that the Naval Academy prep school slots are covered by government, but I don't know that. Uh, however, I do know that what you all are doing helps to fund the scholarships that cover the, these students that are going to foundation schools. Uh, Chris Cervello likes to describe himself as an oligarch. Um, I'm sure that Chris is not donating as much money as he should be to the Naval Academy and its various alumni foundation uh, outreach programs. So you ought to hit him up. But I guess maybe tell the listeners or alumni out there, how can they help? most of our alumni aren't really aware of how the NAAA and how uh, the whole athletic system works here. We, we get about 4% of our monies from the government. That's it. Everything else that comes in is obviously through revenue, through tickets and TV and things like that, as well as the philanthropy of, of our alumni and even uh, those outside of our alumni base. There's some pretty strong uh, givers on that. So most people don't, don't realize that, first of all. And I think based on that, uh, most people aren't aware that they need to give uh, back. And so, but but when you do ask individuals and give them a little education on how things work, uh, they they are more than happy to to provide money. So there's, there's a, a general fund, which is athletic excellence. That's one of the funds that um, our trustees support. And there's no secret we have a we have a, a an ask and we provide about three point three million dollars uh, this year uh, to to the athletic department to support uh, a number of items within their budget. 
um, which includes uh, such things as the stadium maintenance. We did all this nice work out of the stadium, uh, you know, to upgrade that. And then we provide an annual part of our annual budget is for stadium maintenance. Um, and we also support things like uh, the track repair, both indoor and outdoor, uh, that we, that we uh, that was recently done. Uh, you know, and we provided relief for the COVID uh, activities um, uh, when when there was no revenue coming in to the and AAA uh, from ticket sales and, and contests. So uh, we do those kind of things. But I think that uh, you know, once the alumni understands that all this monies that come in and the, and the revenue that's supported. Uh, not by the government, then then they get a real appreciation uh, for what they can do uh, to assist with uh, with with assisting in the, in the in the physical mission. And this is not to downplay any of the other missions at the Naval Academy, but this is just one of the the key elements uh, of of, uh, of support that that is always needed. Um, just real quickly, also there's there's a number of sports specific. Uh, endowments that are that are, are in place and have been in place for a while, and that's going to continue to endow the individual coaches slots out there uh, uh, that that exist. Uh, the, one of the first was actually soccer that most people aren't aware of, uh, which was Greg Myers Fund, uh, which is a uh, you know a pretty large endowment there that was set up uh, by an alum and supported by other alum. Uh, then also most recently uh, the Knutsons. Uh, endowed the uh, crew uh, uh, head coach position. So that's going to continue throughout. I know uh, Louis, uh, the water polo coach, is, is big on that and has gotten a lot of motiv uh, motivation and and support because he came out of Princeton, and that's the way of, of, of Princeton and the Ivies operate. So, Chris, I, I know we, we've made multiple references and when I first met you, and you told me you were from Southern Maryland, but you went to the Hun School in Princeton, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. well, 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 <laughs> uh, but absolutely nothing, nothing like that. You went from possibly being James Madison to then, you know, going on a career that spanned 20 years in the Navy, and it started through an ANSP-like program at the Hun School. What would you say the benefit was, and if you have any questions before we go out? 100% the benefit for me was um, the academic side. Um, yes, it was a year to, you know, get stronger and, and you know, hone your um, athletic craft. But without a doubt, my success as a plebe and what later became a success throughout my time at the Naval Academy, I can attribute 100% to the Hun School. Now, I, I, I fell in that category of absolutely depressed and you know my parents drug me kicking and screaming uh up the jersey turnpike to the hun school um because you know i felt like if i wasn't good enough to get in the first time you know i didn't want to go to prep school i, I was a knucklehead 18 year old who didn't understand the significance of the opportunity that i was being given and uh thank god for captain flight at the time bill flight who explained it to me and explained it to my parents and talked to us once a month and, you know, kept us engaged. Um, and I know that the ASP and, and the broader foundation does a much better job of explaining to potential candidates the, the benefit, the life-changing benefit of, of going to the foundation. So, you know, if you're an alumni and you have a potential, you, you know, legacy, um, you know, whether it's your kid or whether it's a relative or whether it's a friend, um, learn more about the foundation opportunity um, because, you, you know, in the span of a 20-year career, in the span of a lifetime, an extra year getting smarter and stronger is well worth it. Yeah, I think Jack Schofield would have agreed that uh, a little year at a prep school would have prevented me from getting shown the door so unceremoniously at Army, that is for sure. Uh, so from, you know, as I make reference to one lacrosse All-American, I'll give another lacrosse All-American the last word. You know, we've talked, Don and Jeff, about, you know, what alumni can do and what the history of this program is. Any last words for the listeners and alumni for how they can help, um, you know, this program out and what they need to know and where they can go for information? Because, Jeff, that's the key is getting the word out and getting the awareness first, and then we can keep the drumbeat going. I just think that education is the most important thing that we get out there about how it, how it works and how the money's working. And that anybody that that I think went through and is part of the physical mission, it just needs 
suggest giving back as, as wherever they can, because a lot of the success that came out uh, in, into your careers or into the fleet and things like that, a lot of it had to do, from my perspective, with being as part of the athletic team and part of the physical mission. And uh, I think it's 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 it, it really, you know, I won't say you owe it back, but I say that strongly I feel passionate about that that's where the success came from, that, that it should be a special place in your heart to start giving back monies and, and wherever you feel appropriate. That's being directed at you, Chris Ravello. Um, hey, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much, um, Don and Jeff, for, for doing what you do. You know, we, we love the opportunity to get to give you guys, you know, a word here. Don, any last words before we go to break and uh, and and go out? John, thanks so much. Yes, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our chairman, uh, Admiral Tom Lynch. He's been our chairman for 20 years. And you talk about the changes that he's made since he's been here. We didn't used to raise funds for the physical mission. It was a, you know, Bloody Marys and crab cake uh, cocktail hour. And uh, he is the driving force that's developed that over his uh, time. And he's retiring um, this spring. So we'll be getting a new chairman. It hasn't been determined yet. It's going through our process. But I just, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say what a wonderful uh, person he is and how much he's done for not only the athletic scholarship program, the Naval Academy writ large uh, as a superintendent, as a, you know, served a career in the Navy, just a wonderful person. And uh, yeah, we're going to miss him when he uh, steps down. And I also wanted to clarify something with WAG. Yes, we have the fund for athletic and scholarships, the fund, AE fund, the athletic excellence fund. We have a totally separate fund WAGs for our, uh, um, scholarship. It, it is a, it's, it's self-serving. We, we, we roll funds off of that each year, so we're good there, but we have to, we have to raise funds for the athletic scholarship fund every year. And to your point, John, what you're talking about earlier, we, the athletic scholarship program, the reason we wanted to come on this show is we need to tell a better story and make it an engaging story. So people want to be a part of this and want to give back to Navy who don't understand that the government does not pay these costs. So thanks for the opportunity, John, Wags, and, and Chris. Appreciate you guys. No, we appreciate what you're doing. And, and if you are an ASP benefactor out there, a graduate who went through one of these programs, drop us a note, DM us on social media. We'd love to hear your story and possibly have you on the pod. Again, you know, these, these are all humble beginnings, um, and they create people of character and consequence out, out there in the fleet. Uh, and in the civilian community. Uh, so please contact us if you have any of those stories to tell. Thank you to you guys. Thank you to the likes of Tom Lynch, Mike Hekimovich, and other supporters of this. And I can absolutely hear Easy Ed Wallace say, not in Wyoming, not a seminary. Uh, thanks to him uh, for everything that he did uh, in between. And I know that Chris Hoffman loves hearing his old sponsor dad's name, Bill Flight, thrown around. Gentlemen, thank you so much for what you do. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Wags, Chris, and I will take this out. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends of the Naval Academy Athletic Association. There is still time to purchase your tickets for the Army-Navy basketball doubleheader on Saturday, February 11th. Don't miss out as one of the best rivalries in sports hits the hardwood in Annapolis. In addition, fans and attendants will receive a free Beat Army Rally towel and the world-famous Firecrackers Jump Rope Team will be performing at halftime. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY or visit NavySports.com. And as a special thank you to our Sing Second Sports audience, NAAA is offering a special discounted ticket. Just log on to NavySports.com, click the Tickets tab, and enter the special promo Sing Second when ordering your tickets for just $10. So be sure to come out for the Army-Navy basketball doubleheader and use promo code SINGSECOND for a special discount on those tickets. Now back to the pod. Hey, awesome conversation with uh, Jeff and Don. Uh, and again, we'll bring you more stories from ASP and the Alumni Association as we go through the winter and spring months. Wags, I've already made like several like Jack Schofield references. Let me just make one more. One of the happiest moments of my life was when he went into, into the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame, Chesapeake, 
uh, chapter. You played a very large role in doing that. Uh, that new class is going in here soon and includes, includes someone of Navy lore. Can you uh, fill us in a little bit on that? Yes, and I won't forget that night with your father. He was so happy being inducted and well-deserved, obviously, for his accomplishments. But yes, the Chesapeake chapter of what is now known as USA Lacrosse is having its uh, annual Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And one of the Hall of Famers this year is former Navy great Sid Abernathy. He's an Annapolis High graduate and uh, followed his brother Tom to the Naval Academy. Tom was a defenseman. Sid was an attackman. Uh, Sid was a three-year starter, a two-time All-American. He was a first All-American as a senior. Uh, with, back in those days, a lot of the defensemen used to jokingly call him Mr. Inside Roll because his go-to move was to drive hard from behind the cage and then do a quick inside roll and, and score. Um, but Sid was a great player, and uh, he, he played in the 70s. He's a African-American, and in those days, there were not a lot of black uh, lacrosse players, so he was a trailblazer uh he and his brother tom and i've talked to sid about that i mean he he played at annapolis high there was not another black lacrosse player on the team he played at uh navy the same except for his brother of course so he he played in an era when he was a uh, true trailblazer he was a great player and we have jeff johnson on who was the great goaltender at navy and i know he graduated a year ahead of sid sid's a 1980 grad but jeff you Faced him many times in practice. You watched him in games. Uh, he talked about one time scoring six goals against Maryland to uh, beat Maryland. I think Navy had lost to Maryland many times, and Sid had six goals and beat them up in College Park. And then the following year, they beat him at Navy. He assisted Bobby Bianchi, the late Bobby Bianchi, on the game-winning goal in that game. But what's your recollections of Sid Abernathy? Sid was a... He was a sneaky, uh, quick player. Uh, you know, he was a he was tall for for a lacrosse attackman back in the day, uh, and uh, so he, like you say, he had that great move on in the inside roll. He was a good feeder. He had, had good eyesight uh, and distributed the ball well, uh, but he had no no challenges with taking the taking the uh, the, the ball to the to, you know to the the rock to the to the cage. So. Uh, and he was a good rider too. He, uh, just a really good athlete and, and, and more importantly, just a really good person. Him and, uh, the Abernathy family, I, I, you know, I remember his dad being at the games, uh, and his mom, of course, as well. And they were just a great family, uh, and, and just always, always loved them. Love to see them. I've got, I've got a, you know, they were trustees. I got, I got a nice picture with, uh, with them, uh, a few years back. Um, and then, and then we also had the opportunity to play out in Vail with the old goats. Um, and that was the year 2000. We had a, a really, you know, buzz was back. Uh, Chan was back. We had a lot of Jimmy Lewis played. It was just unbelievable. We won the championship out there in 2000 and just to kind of bring back the old team from, from the late seventies was a lot of fun. Yeah. I look forward to the, this, the ceremony uh, next week before yeah. the CNC again. Chapter of USA Lacrosse Hall of Fame event is next Thursday, February, uh, January 26th at the Elks Lodge off of Solomon's Island Road. You mentioned Sid was six foot two, 200 pounds, and you mentioned his father. That's the Reverend Rufus Abernathy. Ooh, yeah. He was a big guy, and he was a great pastor at the uh, AME Church in Eastport. He was actually my music teacher at Cape St. Clair Elementary, a great music teacher, made you love music. Uh, Sid Abernathy is actually a junior. He is Rufus Sidney Ab Abernathy III, but he went by Sid. Um, and uh, you mentioned Buzz. I presume you're talking about Mike Buzzle, who was one of the attack men that Sid played with at Navy, along with Bobby Bianchi, who, if I'm correct, he died in a helicopter crash, Bobby Bianchi? Yes. So, yeah, great, great honor for Sid Abernathy. Well-deserved to be going into the Chesapeake chapter of USA Lacrosse. I'm glad you're going to be there, Jeff to support your teammate. So please read up um, on Wags's story. He does great coverage of the Chesapeake chapter of the U.S. Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Um, what an amazing event and amazing for Wags, who continues to act as the de facto you know, local sports historian. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what a gem you have in, in the corporate knowledge that Bill Wagner brings about local athletics, particularly Navy athletics, which is why we do this podcast. What is on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to take this pod out. 
by giving you a little preview. What can you do in Annapolis this weekend? All the inauguration buzz is gone. Uh, Westmore is in the seat. You can actually park in Annapolis again. So what can you do? Hey, on Friday, before you go to happy hour, and you know, Don Hughes had my attention when he talked about cocktails and Bloody Marys before. I was like, where do I sign up? Uh, but before you get into happy hour on Friday, please go down to Wesley Brown and support men's and women's track and field. They're hosting the Wesley Brown Invitational starting at 4 p.m. on Friday. If you're still in town on Saturday, get out to Toze, or at least I think it's Toze. It might be at the outdoor courts. I'm pretty sure it's Toze. Women's uh, tennis is taking on St. Francis. Uh, the Wesley Brown Invitational continues into Saturday. Like I said, basketball is up at West Point. Boo, I'm sure it'll be like gray and misty and terrible, like it always is up there. But best of luck to our basketball programs and men's gymnastics. And we are we are failing, Kip Simons. We were supposed to have you on last week. We're going to hopefully have you on next week to talk about how you did at the West Point Open. And this weekend, right there in Halsey, ladies and gentlemen, at 2 p.m., you can watch Men's Gymnastics host the Navy Open. Uh, so come on out and support Navy sports this weekend. Wags, in addition to wrestling, hosting Lehigh at 7 p.m. as a nightcap, uh, what else are you looking forward to this weekend, and what should readers look out for you in the Capitol? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the Army-Navy doubleheader. That is always fun. Uh, I do hate when it's at Crystal Arena with those annoying cadets pouring out onto the court. Let's hope we shut them up uh, for both the men's and women's games. But you mentioned gymnastics, and, you know, this Navy gymnastics team has a transformational athlete in Isaiah Drake. I mean, he is just incredible. And he did things during the summer that have put him on a path to the Olympics. So you should get out to a Navy gymnastics meet and see an athlete who is world-class, literally world-class. Uh, it's amazing that Navy has a gymnast of this caliber and uh, he's worth uh, the price of admission. Trust me. Absolutely agree. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it for us. For Jeff Johnson, Don Hughes, Chris Cervello, and Bill Wagner, I am John Schofield. We will see you again next week. We'll be talking to Ashley Pelzik, Kip Simons, and more guests. Please keep supporting us on our social media channels and be good to each other. This is Sing Second Sports. We are out. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play -play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.